This is episode 206 of IDRA Class Notes. I think about particularly children who have siblings. And so I wanted to make sure that not only was it something that can be done at home, regardless of what resources you have access to, that it could be accessible for children, you know, in first grade, but also fifth grade. Or they could be doing it on their own independently. It definitely allows for a lot of flexibility and adaptions based on what resources you have access to. We wanted to make sure that we built that in to where a family or a child wouldn't think that they had to have this one specific thing. Welcome to IDRA's Class Notes Podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Garcia, an IDRA Education Associate. Today, you will hear from our special guest, Dr. Martina McGee, on an exciting new project named Homeworks. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. McGee. Can you first tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Hi, I'm Dr. Martina McGee. I am the Assistant Clinical Professor of Elementary Education at Auburn University. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's back to school and you have a lot going on, just like everybody else, especially with distance learning and everything happening in our schools today. I just wanted to make sure our listeners knew about this incredible project that you started with your pre-service teachers, your teacher candidates at Auburn University. And I just wanted to kind of learn a little bit more and How did this begin at Auburn University, this Homeworks project? Tell us a little bit about how it started. So for a very long time, actually since I was a fifth grade science teacher, I've wanted to develop a curriculum for children to engage with science content in their homes. Because as a science educator, I truly believe that so much of what children learn in elementary school science is really what they use on a day-to-day basis. And so for me personally, as an educator, that's always been super important. I've just never had the time to really put the energy in developing what this curriculum could look like. With our shift in instructional delivery this summer, we were trying to be creative on how we facilitated learning for our pre-service teachers at Auburn in our elementary ed program. And so I had this opportunity to develop this program out and I got the support of my colleagues and my department and college administration on designing a program and then they financially backed the program and us having a fundraising campaign to get the resources because ideally we want our students to not only develop the curriculum itself, they need resources to also uh, record themselves doing teaching demonstrations. But ultimately, we want to make sure that our local schools have access to this resource in the form of a book, but also any other consumable resources that they may need to actually go through these different activities. And so it's set up more in an inquiry base where we want our children to engage in the regular activities that they're doing at home, but explicitly connecting it to academic content. So I've imagined these activities as an extension to what's being taught in class. So let's say the teacher maybe has spent two weeks going over a unit. These homework activities can then be taught as this extension at home for the child to go through on their own to really find a way to make that information concrete at home as it applies to their everyday life. That's awesome. Yes, we know how important it is to make sure that we're connecting the students like cultural capital, familiar capital, and connecting it to their learning experiences for school. So this sounds like an incredible model. I've heard you talk about how the homeworks is a great learning model to make those connections. And I can totally see it now. You've already explained that 
Can you explain a little bit more about how your pre-service teachers are doing this with their students that they're engaging with? So we had to reimagine what their field placement looked like. And so part of that was as our students were being taught in their methods courses and their approaches to teaching courses, how to develop traditional lesson plans, I in a separate seminar class was challenging them to think about how do you reimagine those lesson plans at home? And so not necessarily this traditional lesson plan where the teacher is giving the lesson, but we imagine homeworks as a child guided activity for them to complete. And so we call them activity plans because I didn't want them to think that this is a lesson that you're teaching to the child. I wanted the activities to be written in a child-friendly way so that a child could read through the activity plan on their own and complete the activity, right? And there's guiding questions throughout to help focus the child on the specific content we wanted them to have because we wanted to make sure that the children own their learning, right? That's always something that's been really important for me as an educator, that we provide opportunities for children to guide their own learning to make it make sense to them in the situations that they're in. Yes, I agree so much with that. I think it's so important that students have that kind of autonomy and they're able to self-direct and they're having this really great connection to their learning experiences that's so much more valuable to them and relevant for them, right? And I love that. That's so great. And so for all of our educators and families listening today, what are some of your recommendations for leveraging this model this school year? We want these activities to be fun. One of the things when I was collaborating with my students, I said, well, do you think that you would enjoy this? Because you don't seem really excited sharing this to me. I want you to do something that you would think would be fun as an elementary school student, right? And so I wanted them to be as creative as possible and making adaptions to maybe activities that they've seen before, but making adaptions to where we're asking questions that connect directly back to the academic content. And so the ways that we can leverage this for families at home is maybe it's a a weekend activity that they do, right? Because some of the activities are with food, right? So you get to have a little snack. Some of the activities have the children going outside doing things. And so in a time like this where our children are sitting behind screens or they're in school where they're not really able to interact with their peers, These activities are hands-on. They're getting to get into things and be busy, in some ways be a little dirty. One of the activities is a soil activity. They're having to test where they would want to build a tree house. And so the pre-service teacher guides them through this this soil testing activity that can be really fun, where you as the parent don't need to sit over and watch them do it, but kind of just let them have fun in whatever backyard or front yard or green space that you have access to, where the child gets to, again, lead their own instruction and make sense of different properties of matter as it relates to soil and that specific activity. That's so fun. I love that. It's so engaging. And I love that, you know, it's getting students outside. It's promoting that. I think students looking at many schedules that I've seen from school districts, students are in front of a screen for seven hours for seven periods of the day. And I just love that there's built in opportunities for them to get outside for them to have activities that could be done with the whole family. You know, what great social emotional connections that are already built into this that are very, very important, especially during this time of distance learning and online learning for our students. I love also that it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's really great accessible opportunities for synchronous or asynchronous learning opportunities through homeworks. Is that right? It definitely is. And I think about particularly children who have siblings, right? And so I wanted to make sure that not only was it something that can be done at home, regardless of what resources you have access to, that it can be accessible for children 
you know, in first grade, but also fifth grade. And so multiple siblings could be doing the same activity. Mm-hmm. We might just shift the questions, right? And so one of the things I wanted to make sure the students accounted for was acknowledging if you don't have this resource, you could use this. And so that allows for if a teacher wanted to assign some of these activities that it's dependent upon what you have access to in your home. Everyone could be working on a project at the same time or they could be doing it on their own independently. It definitely allows for a lot of flexibility and adaptions based on what resources you have access to. We wanted to make sure that we built that in to where a family or a child wouldn't think that they had to have this one specific thing that may be more expensive or just something they may not have at home. And so that was something I definitely continue to ask them. Are we creating access for all children or are we limiting access based on the resources and the topics we're discussing? Yeah, that's very important to consider. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier, congratulations on a very successful campaign. You kind of mentioned some technology needed to create videos. So what are those like previous and future donations be used for exactly for the Homeworks Project? So one of the major parts of this that I'm really looking forward to putting into action is getting the activities printed and bounded. Because I know that all families don't have access to devices to sit there and go through the activity plans and watch the videos. And so having an actual physical book that they can go through the activities, having a journal to then record those activities, for me is really important as an educator, again, to making sure that we're creating opportunities for access for children, but also wanting to provide some consumables, right? So some of the activities really just need things that we might consider very common, but also a family may not want to give up on that particular material. It might be something that they actually need to use. And so wanting to develop little baggies of sorts that not only have the activity plans, but also a journal to record and some consumable materials that they can use to go through some of the activities. And so that's the plan. As we are all acclimating to the school year with all the challenges that have come, my plan has definitely kind of gotten bumped off of its original trajectory. (laughs) And I'm trying to get back on on my path. But um, that's definitely something that we're going to be using the funds to do to make sure that those in our local community have access to that booklet. Absolutely. That's wonderful. I think that we're all getting very creative in the ways in which we can support families and, you know, what kind of kits teachers are making and dropping off for their students. I think it's really important um, that we all consider these adaptations that are needed. And I love that we're all challenging these assumptions of, hey, they may not have these common household goods, or you're right, they maybe not want to kind of use those for this purpose at this time. So I love that you guys are making this extremely accessible. You know, how can people access these lessons and all the homeworks resources to support this program and and maybe try to model it in their own spaces? So it's available free online at homeworks.auburn.edu. That's H-O-M-E-W-O-R-K-S dot A-U-B-U-R-N dot E-D-U. (laughs) I think I got that exactly correct. So once you log on to that website at the top, you'll see where there's a couple of menu items that say the activity plans. And so there'll be reading, language arts, mathematics, social studies, and science activity plans. I think we have anywhere from eight to 12 activity plans per academic area. And keep in mind, this is targeted to elementary school students. And so we were really working towards first through fifth grade um, as our target audience. And so every week we have additional demonstration videos that are added. And our students have worked really, really hard to develop these activity plans and are really proud of the work that they've done. So I'm really excited to share this with our community and those beyond our community, right? Because this is a resource we want to make sure that was accessible 
as accessible as possible. So we're just really excited and proud of the work our students are able to do. Yes, I've looked at a few of them and I love them. I love that, you know, thinking about the impacts of COVID on education and specifically on early childhood, right? And thinking about how many of our lessons have gone digital, but I feel like there's a bigger kind of need in the early childhood area. So I love that many of the lessons could be geared for even below first grade, you know, they can be adapted and even a little bit higher too, to help the early kind of middle school group. So I love the range within the activities and the different kind of opportunities that they leverage. It's really, really great. And thank you again for communicating that this is open source and free to the public. I think that it's so helpful to just get the word out and just share this great news because I know it's going to impact the Auburn University communities and surrounding Auburn University, but I know it's going to have a greater reach beyond that. So thank you again, Dr. McGee. And I will be sure to link in the show notes for this podcast, all the links that she's been describing so that everybody can have access to it. And thank you everybody for listening to today's podcast. You can learn more about IDRA Educator Resources and IDRA EXL at www.idra.org. You can also review this podcast show notes for additional resources, as I've mentioned, and today's podcast or to other related content that will be linked as well. So thank you again, Dr. McGee. Have a wonderful school year. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.